calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the sinking of the Titanic. So grab your iceberg warnings. And let's get civical. Everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And all aboard the Titanic! <laughs> That's my shit porn. It doesn't look any bigger than the Mortania. It doesn't look any bigger than the Mortania. Um, we're setting sail today, y'all. We've been talking about this episode for months. Months and months and months. Months. Decades. Months. Plural months. Mm-hmm. And it's time. It's time Truly. to to do this episode because the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic it will be the Friday. Yeah. The week of the that this comes out. So in two days from when you're listening to this in your ears, the Titanic will sink. Which is crazy. That's crazy. Which is crazy. So obviously we are doing an entire episode about the sinking of the Titanic. Something that I find... I mean, I find shipwrecks like in general to be really interesting. Like yeah. after we did our Lusitania episode, I read... What was it? Deep Wake? Dark Wake? Hold on. I think I literally have the book right here. <gasps> Hold oh on. Gosh. What was it called? Because it's, it's so good. Dead Wake. Dead, Dead Wake. Wake. Okay. 
oh. by Eric Larson, who also wrote Devil in the White City. Oh. This book was so good. Oh. And it's about the sinking of the Lusitania. Is it, and so there's obviously like... fiction? No, oh. it's nonfiction. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, it's like a nonfiction, uh, you know, where he does a ton of research and it's like from perspective, it's like... He, he does a lot of people's perspectives. So it's from perspectives of like different passengers who were on the nice. Lusitania, um, the perspective of the captain of the Lusitania, of like um, the perspective of what was going on, like in, because this was World War One. So like from the British side of World War One, what was yeah. going on, like Woodrow Wilson's perspective, which like, you know how much I don't like him. Yeah, yeah. But like there was a lot of his, like what was going on with him at the time of the sinking of the Lusitania. So it's just right. really well researched Ooh. and really well written. And so it's gotten me hooked, hooked on shipwrecks, specifically of luxury liner shipwrecks. Oh, I mean, yes. I mean, I mean, love a shipwreck because it's like immediately eerie and interesting. Totally. Because it's so frightening and panic inducing. And like, it's a thing that's not supposed to, it's not supposed to be where it is. So there's mm-hmm. this like kind of in like innate fascination with a boat at the bottom of the sea that then like mm-hmm. becomes a part of the ocean because things start growing on it and there's fish and mm-hmm. things are living in it that just like that whole that whole level of it I just find uh fascinating. like fascinating yeah yeah i find this sort of um especially with the titanic the human error element yes. really really fascinating and to like tie it back to the lusitania before the captain of the Lusitania set sail with Lusitania on the voyage that would be where it was um, sunk by the Germans, he had to testify and like basically give a deposition as like from the perspective of being a captain of a luxury liner um, to basically reinforce that what the captain of the Titanic did was crazy. He was like, yeah, I literally would never have done this. Like, like ignoring all of these signs, g- going so fast in, during the section of the Atlantic with so many icebergs. Wow. Like, yeah. So he had to, like, <gasps> give that te- deposition Ooh. because this was, like, the Lusitania was so soon after the Titanic. And so it, there were still, like, legal right. and, like, reviews happening right. because of the Titanic sinking. And so he, like, had to give a deposition and then the next day take the Lusitania out to sea. Um but unlike the captain of the Titanic, yeah, yeah. I think overall people do not point to the captain of the Lusitania as being Will Turner, famously, as being responsible for the, the Germans sinking. No. sinking it. Because he was not given all of the information. Sure, yes. He was not told. Yes. Whereas well, he- Captain of Titanic oh. was given all of the information and was like, let's right. go faster. Let's go faster. It was a boat... Full of, uh, you know, not full of people swinging dicks, but preferably a lot of dicks swinging on the top deck, you know, mm-hmm. of just trying to, like, make their name and make it, you know, make it big and have the biggest and best ship in the world. Yeah. And it cost a lot of people their lives. I'm going to have to, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Maiden voyages are overrated. Give me something <laughs> that's been shaking and baking, moving and grooving mm-hmm. for 10 years. That's what I want to be on. 
I don't need to be on any on any vessel's first go. <laughs> I don't you want to be your guinea pig. Knock yourselves out. Like, planes, trains, automobiles, luxury liners. Right. You guys... Let me know how it goes. How it goes. I will. And, I will say this. I I agree. Except when we're talking about the tiny little rinketing. Not they're not tiny. The small planes that are like a two by two down the row, that don't have functional Wi Fi, and the tray tables are all falling off. Like I, I was on one you know recently, and I was like, Oh, I see. Like it needs to be I retired. To, like we just need to retire this sure. one. Like this plane. Sure. She did good. Like let her go totally. to rest. Maybe totally. service her a regional flight once in a while, but yeah. not, not, you know, heavy traffic. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. Otherwise, I, I agree. agree. There's, there's yeah. a sweet spot. Yes. Yes. There's a sweet spot between maiden voyage and retirement of the vessel. Prime. And I want to be right dead in the middle. I want to be in the prime. Yep. Dead in the middle. Yep. So with all that said, I think we got to dig in to the sinking of the Titanic because we got notes upon notes to go through. We've been excited about this. I will say at the top, this is, of course, a tragedy. So we're not making light of the tragedy. We're just exploring the interesting nature of these types of disasters. Yeah. Okay. So before we jump in, do you want to um, talk about our sources? (laughs) I see friends. I see friends Friends, in these sources. Friends. Um, so the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, dealing with the which oceans. we've done an episode on. We have we've done an episode on them. They deal with many things, one of which being the oceans, mm-hmm. the Senate, of course, because as Lizzie said, there were hearings and hearings upon hearings, hearings about what happened with yeah. the Titanic, which you know, no knock to James Cameron because this wasn't a part of his movie. But we never got there. Like, where's Titanic 2? The questioning. Like, I need a sequel. Isn't, isn't, this is crazy. Is there not a Titanic 2? I, I have no Not idea. by James Cameron. But hold on. There's. Everybody hold on. Oh my on. god, if there is. Wow. Let me tell you something. There is a Titanic 2. I've what? never seen it. I'm trying to see if there's anybody worth knowing in this. Yeah, so the, the tagline is. A century after the faithful voyage of the original modern luxury liner, Titanic 2 set sail. Will this ship suffer the same fate as her namesake? It was made in 2010. Oh. It's 90 minutes. No. <laughs> um, I am not. Yeah, I think okay. this is maybe like an indie low budge. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This sounds like a tragic. A tragic. It's I want to see what that its low is. budge, $500 million? It has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, look, we may have some work to do. Oh, We may my have some work to do. God. But yes, like, a, but basically, like, where the second movie picks up where the first movie ended, which is like, okay. Yes. You know, what legally happened. But I guess, unfortunately, because Titanic is split between... Like modern quote unquote day and nineteen what was it fourteen uh, yeah yeah uh it it did kind of like fill in the gaps but it just never touched on like the legal the stuff the legal you know? stuff right 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 yeah because like we know what happens to Rose we can't do her story so no she she done done dropped that necklace in the ocean oh I have to say if nobody's <laughs> seen the original the original line. ending it's a great line. 
If anybody has seen the original ending to Titanic, it is not what made it into the film. Arden, I'm going to send you this YouTube video, but everybody YouTube <gasps> Titanic original ending. What? It's where it's this. It's the same setup where Rose is in her nightgown, old Rose is in her nightgown, and she's like leaning over the edge with the heart of the ocean in her hand. But instead of just like quietly dropping it into the ocean, making a decision for herself, the the guy who's been searching for it and her daughter, her granddaughter, Lizzie, shout out, oh. find her like over the edge and they're like, oh my God, stop. And she's like, don't come any closer. She's like manic. And Holy then like shit. just casual, cavalierly tosses it over the edge. And everybody's like, oh. it's such a weird original ending. I'm going to send it to you, but everybody who's listening, look it up. It's bizarre. I understand the impetus to like do something like that because it's, it it, like harkens back to the moment when she and Jack are like climbing over the edge of the Mm -hmm. bow of the ship and they're hanging on. And so I, I get it from like a, like, you know screenwriting perspective, but that's a strong Mm -hmm. choice that I'm glad they did not choose. Yeah. And that we just have the best line ever. Oh. Oh. But they keep they keep that noise, but it instead of her just like drop like she's facing the water and she drops it, it's her facing the dude. Literally watch me going, "Oh." <laughs> and it like flies over her. Oh, oh my god. It's bananas. It's bananas. So that's oh everybody's god. homework. That's everybody's homework after you listen to the rest of this episode is to go watch that on YouTube and be tickled. I'm so excited. Oh, I did okay. not finish. Wait, I did. There's one oh, more. Sorry, sorry, I, did, sorry. I mean, finish, finish. she goes without saying the third source is history.com. I mean, obviously. Obviously. And we made this rule maybe last episode or the episode before that. Whereas if we forget to finish the sources, if we say three and we only say two, assume the third is history.com. Just assume. Do the work. Just Do the assume. Work. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's set sail on this episode. So we're going to start first talking about the ship, the vessel herself, this thing that everybody was so freaking excited about. Let's talk stats, shall we? So the Titanic was the product of intense competition among rival shipping lines in the first half of the 20th century. In particular, the White Star Line found itself in a battle for steamship primacy with Cunard, a British firm with two standout ships that ranked among the most sophisticated and luxurious of their time. Cunard's Mauritania began service in 1907 and quickly set a speed record for the fastest average speed during a transatlantic crossing at 23.69 knots or 27 miles per hour, a title that it held for 22 years. So the Mortania, Cunard's ship out there zipping and zagging yep. across the Atlantic at 27 miles an hour. Cunard's other masterpiece, the Lusitania, launched the same year and was lauded for its spectacular interiors. Lusitania, as I we have said, and we did a whole episode on this, so go listen to this episode. But it met its tragic end on May 7th, 1915, when a torpedo fired by a German U-boat sunk the ship, killing nearly 1,200 of the 1,900 people on board and precipitating the United States' entry into World War One. 
The same year that Kennard unveiled its two magnificent liners, J. Bruce Ismay, chief executive of the White Star, discussed the construction of three large ships with William J. Peary, chairman of the shipbuilding company Harland and Wolf. Part of a new Olympic class of liners, each ship would measure 882 feet in length and 92.5 feet at their broadest point, making them the largest of their time. In March of 1909, work began in the massive Harlan and Wolf shipyard in Belfast, Ireland, on the second of these three ocean liners, Titanic and continued non-stop for two years. That's quick. Like, Well, yeah. There are buildings you got that they're building in New York. every shipbuilder in Ireland working on this. Well, yeah, but there have been buildings that they've been building in New York for like 10 years, and I swear to God, they're oh, not going to be know. finished anytime soon. And I'm like, can we yeah. get these dudes? I want these dudes. Yeah. They, they built Well, there ships. used to be a time when like you would get massive bonuses for finishing things mm, quickly. Mm-hmm. Now I don't feel like it's the case. Because right. you get paid for the length of the project, you know? Right, right, right. So people are like, well, whatever. We don't have to kill ourselves. Whatever. Take our time. Get- no, we're wrong. No, we're wrong. On May 31st, 1911, Titanic's immense hull, the largest movable man-made object in the world at the time. That's amazing. Made its way down the slipways and into the River Langen in Belfast. More than 100,000 people attended the launching which took just over a minute and went off without a hitch. Woo! <laughs> uh, there's no TV at this time. It's no. like, yeah, let's go see the Titanic be dipped in water. Right. The, the hull sure. of the ship. Not even the ship, just like a large... Just, just flat boat. A part of it. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. The hull was immediately towed to a mammoth-fitting out dock where thousands of workers would spend most of the next year building the ship's decks, constructing her lavish interiors, and installing 29 giant boilers that would power her two main steam engines. Titanic was built for transatlantic passage between Southampton, England, and New York City. It was the largest and most luxurious passenger ship of its time and was reported to be unsinkable. After Titanic launched on May 31st, 1911, it eventually set sail on its maiden voyage from Southampton on April 10th, 1912, with 2,240 passengers and crew on board. So its first and only voyage starts April 10th, 1912. It is weird to think of like, oh yeah, it really only made one voyage. Yeah. That lasted four days. They spent two years building it. Thousands of, like, thousands of dudes sweating. Trillions of dollars. Sweating and toiling for hours a day. I'm sure being paid shit. And it lasted four days. (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, I don't know what the emotional reaction would be. I mean, putting sort of, like, the the devastation of sort of, like, the lives lost part to, like, to compartmentalize that for a second. Like, if yeah. I'm one of these boat builders, if you will, and I find out that the Titanic has sank on its way over there, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? 
all of that work for all of those years like i wonder if that was a thought at all or if they were just like ah the white star deserves it fuck them you know like i don't know yeah i can imagine somebody who was like what like they're gonna make us build it again they're gonna make (laughs) well they got two more they had two other ones that they wanted to build like of course like yeah yeah we have to start over oh man yeah well let's talk about the passengers aboard the titanic yes very interesting group of folks. So the Titanic created quite a stir when it departed for its maiden voyage from Southampton after stops in Cherbourg, France and Queenstown, which is now known as Cove, Ireland. The ship set sail for New York with, as Lizzie said, 2,240 passengers and crew, or as we like to call them, souls. Mm, I don't like to call them that. I think it's the weirdest thing. Just say people... Because, like, planes do this, too. Like, we have, you know, 200 souls on board. It's like, no. People. Like, why? Why souls? It's such a weird delineation from, like, I mean, in a way, I think it's kind of poetic. It's odd that the only places we use it are are places that are methods of transportation. But it's kind of, I don't know. I, 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 I only really think about it in relation to Titanic, but of course, like if you die, your body dies, your soul, some people think, you know, goes someplace else. So yeah. it's like, in theory, even if your body does die, your soul could live on. I don't so know. So why? I don't know. It's so weird. It feels like one of those. It feels old timey. Like things that is like carried over from the military, mm-hmm. you know, of like this is the formality of it. Yeah. And that's why, like, when I'm, when I'm on. Or, what, you know, when you're watching, like, plane stuff, I'm like, this is a United flight. Like, relax. Like, they're... We're good. Just call me a human. Right, right. Like, <laughs> We're literally people, flying over... they're 42... They're 200 country. people on board. <laughs> right. You know, like, people... The, using the word people is exactly the same as using the word souls. souls. It's like... Yeah, it's weird. But less ominous? Right, right. There is... Yes, there's something very, like... You know, it makes you sweat a little bit when they say when they say souls. I'm like, oh my I'm god, like, don't oh call god. me a soul. No, that means I don't have a body. <laughs> <laughs> um, the use of the word souls is an expression used in the shipping industry, usually in connection with a sinking, to mean people on board. So, interesting. Okay. So does souls only come into play when like tragedy, like after tragedy? Tragedy. Because the souls, you know what? I bet the souls, because they're the only thing left. Oh, maybe. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't like it. That's creepy. Creepy. Like, uh, there's already a tragedy. Don't make it creepier. I know. Although I kind of wish there was a movie called, like, Shipwreck Souls, and it's just a bunch of, like, Mm. you know? Well, maybe because they want to avoid using the word dead. Right. Dead. Yes. Because that's, like, not 1,102 souls perished as opposed to people died. Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. I can see that. I don't know. I can see it. As befitting the first transatlantic crossing of the world's most celebrated ship, many of these people were high-ranking officials, wealthy industrialists, dignitaries, and celebrities. First and foremost was the White Star Line's managing director, J. Bruce Ismay, and he was accompanied by Thomas Andrews, the ship's builder from Harland and Wolf. Who is the guy that played Thomas Andrews in the movie? So good. Victor Garber. Victor Garber. Victor Garber. God, yes. Fucking love Victor Garber. Class act, Victor Garber. Class act. 
Oh, so good. So good. So good, that guy. Absent was the financier J.P. Morgan, whose International Mercantile Marine Shipping Trust controlled the White Star Line and who had selected Ismay as a company officer. Morgan had planned to join his associates on Titanic, but canceled at the last minute when some business matters delayed him. I mean... Sure. The wealthiest passenger was John Jacob Astor IV, heir to the Astor family fortune, who had made waves a year earlier by marrying 18-year-old Madeline Talmadge Force, a young woman 29 years his junior, shortly after divorcing his first wife. Sounds like a great guy. A great guy. Sure. Sounds like sure. a stand-up dude. Sounds like a guy who got a girl pregnant. Uh-huh. Other notable passengers included the elderly owner of Macy's, Isidore Strauss, and his wife, Ida industrialist Benjamin Guggenheim, accompanied by his mistress, valet, and chauffeur. Great. Sounds great. Great way to travel. Sure, the whole, the whole gang's all here. The whole gang's all here. Got him. Mistress, valet, chauffeur. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. And widow and heiress Margaret Molly Brown, who would earn her nickname the unsinkable Molly Brown by helping to maintain calm and order while the lifeboats were being loaded and boosting the spirits of her fellow survivors. So a lot of names that we know. And I think in the movie, this the Strausses yeah. are the ones who are like, they're in bed and they're hugging I think and the that's water the comes homage in. to them, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Lots of lots of big names at the time. It would be like if it was a boat full of Kardashians and like. Sure. Truly. Like truly, it was like the, like the Meryl who's who of society. Yeah. 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 The ship's most illustrious passengers each responded to the circumstances with conduct that has become an integral part of the Titanic legend. Ismay, the White Star Line managing director, helped to load some of the boats and later stepped onto a collapsible as it was being lowered. Although no women or children were in the vicinity when he abandoned ship, he would never live down the ignominy of surviving the disaster while so many others perished. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the people that were there were the lower class people who were stuck in the decks and there were for right. sure women and children down there. For sure. For, for sure. sure. But they didn't matter because he could get off the plane or off the boat. Right. Thomas Andrews, the Titanic's chief designer, was last seen in the first class smoking room, staring blankly at a painting of a ship on the wall. Astor deposited his wife Madeline into a lifeboat, remarking that she was pregnant and asked if he could accompany her. He was refused entry and managed to kiss her goodbye just before the boat was lowered away. Oof. Mm Mm-hmm. I... Oh, man. That's, it's rough out there. That's hard. This is where it gets rough. That's where hard. It gets rough. Oh, my God. It's hard. Mm. And again, it's like the whole thing of like, ugh, this is where we get into the human error part of it. The right. like, all of these, everything, every devastating thing about this tragedy could have been avoided. Like, number one, we could have slowed down. We could right. Have, we could have slowed down and not gone like top top speed yes. through iceberg city number one number one and then number two we could have had actually even before that we could have had enough lifeboats on board sure great like that's number one yep then number two is we could have like you know gone half speed and proceeded very carefully yes through iceberg city and then and then you get to like this part where we're like not loading up lifeboats to full capacity mm-hmm. and it's you know you're not telling all of the passengers what's going on like it oh so bad oh so bad we failed at every turn every turn preventable tragedy is yes really really sad and that's what titanic was a 
absolute absolutely preventive, yep. preventable tragedy. Yep. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Although he was offered a seat on account of his age, Isidore Strauss, the owner of Macy's, refused any special consideration, and his wife Ida would not leave her husband behind. The couple retired to their cabin and perished together. Sad. Yeah. I mean, but also, like, stand up. I mean, he probably, did, like, he gave up his seat, and the guy, the person who got it was probably, you know. Like, at least I hope it was a woman. or You know, like, so, like I mean, not that yeah. I want anybody to die, but, like. You know, the decorum of the time was like women and children first. And I hope he gave yeah. it up for somebody else who, you know. Wouldn't have a, a, a good seat chance otherwise. of surviving. Right. Exactly. Who can't swim well. Something. Yeah. Benjamin Guggenheim and his valet returned to their rooms and changed into formal evening dress. Emerging onto the deck, he famously declared, quote, we are dressed in our best and are prepared to go down like gentlemen. Mm. I mean, I'll give it to, I'll say this about some of these people. They did have not class in the way that we think of like high class, low class, but just like. Yeah. There's like an acceptance. Right. Like a, like a a, almost. Like a humility. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Acceptance and like maybe even bravery of like, okay, great. This is, we've been dealt our hand. Yep. Now let's, let's take it. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. So those are just obviously some of the passengers of the Titanic. It's not lost that we know nothing about the people in the yeah. third and what the second and third and steerage groups of people. Yeah. Those aren't those aren't the people we talk about. And they like definitely outnumbered the rich and wealthy people on the ship. Totally. So totally. yeah. All right, let's talk about the sinking. Let's talk about that fateful night. So on April 14th, so we're four days into the voyage. We set sail on the 10th. On April 14th, after four days of uneventful sailing, Titanic received sporadic reports of ice from other ships, but she was sailing on calm seas under a moonless clear sky, which I don't know if we'll talk about this later, but calm seas is not great. Oh, really? You can't see, right, because if it's calm, you can't see water hitting icebergs. Oh. Like, that's what lookouts look for. They look for, like, water, like, like jutting. Hitting. It makes it easier to right. see. Right, Oh, that so makes sense. you look sense. for that kind of movement. <gasps> and so if it's if it's truly calm. Right. Bad. You're d- There's just a dark object in the water that you're not going to see until you're oh. on top of it. So you don't want calm seas. Oh, man. At about 11.30 p.m., a lookout saw an iceberg coming out of a slight haze dead ahead, then rang the warning bell and telephoned the bridge. Come on, you bastards! Iceberg right ahead! Yeah. The best part of that is that the guy on the other end of the phone is like, got it. Like, is so calm in his response to the lookout. Right. And then hangs up and turns around and just starts yelling commands at the people. Yeah putting the coal in the in the boilers like yeah well that's like so that's a good. military response yeah yeah absolutely that's that's truly like yeah. i've got the information yep. and i know exactly what to do yep the engines were quickly reversed and the ship was turned sharply instead of making direct impact titanic seemed to graze along the side of the iceberg 
sprinkling ice fragments onto the forward deck. Sensing no collisions, the lookouts were relieved. They had no idea that the iceberg had a jagged underwater spur, which slashed a 300-foot gash into the hull below the ship's waterline. So that's the other fun thing about icebergs. What you see on top is not necessarily what's on bottom. No. And this girl was bottom heavy. Mm-hmm. She big. She big. By the time the captain toured the damage area with Harlan and Wolf's Thomas Andrews, five compartments were already filling with seawater, and the bow of the doomed ship was alarmingly pitched downward, allowing seawater to pour from one bulkhead into the neighboring compartment. So there's that famous thing yeah. in the movie of Andrew, Mr. Andrews pull, like has the blueprints, and he's like, I go over, then the next. And the, the next. next. There's no the stopping next. it. Andrews did a quick calculation and estimated that the Titanic might remain afloat for about an hour and a half, perhaps slightly more. At that point, the captain, who had already instructed his wireless operator to call for help, ordered the lifeboats to be loaded. It's crazy to me that, yeah. like, Andrews is like, uh, by looking at everything, yeah. you have an hour. Like, yeah. like you can make he, that mental calculation. Right. He knew. Which just, it's, and what's so surprising about that is that nobody thought that, like, in the building of the ship, that was not a concern. Like... If the watertight no. compartments, because they're not really watertight, they have gaps at yeah. the top. If they flood, the ship's going to tip. It goes forward. It's like, how yeah. did we not? Like, he gets to that conclusion fairly easily that it's astonishing yeah. that it wasn't a consideration when they were designing and building the ship. Yeah. Well, I think it was also a matter of, like, it's it like, sounds like to me that this was a very, such a specific scenario yeah uh, like like three things had to go precisely wrong in order to get this exact scenario mm. to happen mm -hmm. and they did and they just never thought of this scenario of like what if it what if you don't hit it straight ahead which is the biggest fear of like literally run ramming into an iceberg right nobody accounted for like oh it scrapes open a little bit on the side right or or that it has enough impact to scrape like penetrate through that steel right you know because that's the other thing it's like yeah you can scrape it but like it's fucking yeah yeah irish steel like <laughs> you can't ice doesn't penetrate it's made of guinness steel. and potatoes come on yeah so i don't know yeah but what is very impressive and i'm about to talk about it is his estimation of how long it would take is pretty spot pretty on. spot on pretty spot on no i mean he knew he knew his ship that's for sure yeah yeah so Titanic, nearly perpendicular with many of her lights still aglow, finally dove beneath the ocean surface at about 2.20 a.m. on April 15th, 1912. Throughout the morning, Canard's Carpathia, after receiving Titanic's distress call at midnight and steaming at full speed while dodging ice flows all night, rounded up all the lifeboats. They contained all only 705 survivors. So there were 2,240 souls and only 700 people survived. Mm. It's brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. It's brutal. Oh. And just imagine like being on the Carpathia and like knowing, like having a mental image of what you're going to find, like what you're going to find 
Meanwhile, you're going full speed. You're going to save the people from a boat who were also going pretty fucking fast through the same exact water that you're traveling through. And you're like having to die. I mean, like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, like, I don't even know what the Carpathia was even expecting when they got there. Like, right. Did the Carpathia actually expect the Titanic to be gone? Gone. gone. Or did they expect it to find it in, like, severe distress? Because the last message they got was at midnight. I mean, I assume if they didn't hear from them, they knew that, like, something bad was, something really bad happened. Because you would have kept communications going. Right. Oh. Yeah. Woof. Man. Woof. So, let's talk about the flaws. Let's. Because this the the ship has got some, the people have got some, the whole situation has some, and it all led to a very tragic ending. I mean, talk about hashtag fatal flaws. Talk about everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Did go wrong. Did go wrong. And it's so funny because you like you, we ha- there's the phrase the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's no storm. It's the clearest. It's the clearest, most steadiest night yeah. on the Atlantic. Everything else. Everything. It's it's truly to me again. I can't say it enough. This is the most human error disaster yes. I've ever seen. Yeah. So flaw number one we talked about a little bit. The watertight bulkheads. According to some hypotheses, Titanic was doomed from the start by a design that many lauded as state of the art. The Olympic class ships featured a double bottom and fifteen watertight bulkhead compartments equipped with electric watertight doors that could be operated individually or simultaneously by a switch on the bridge. So great. They're like, we've got a problem. We need to shut down. We need to stop the water. Like, boom, boom, boom. We can stop the water. We can stop the water from a press of this here button. Mm-hmm. It was these watertight bulkheads that inspired Shipbuilder magazine in a special issue devoted to the Olympic liners to deem them, quote, practically unsinkable. Way to go, Shipbuilder Magazine. Way to go. He fucking set the curse. <laughs> but the watertight compartment design contained a flaw that was a critical factor in Titanic's sinking. While the individual bulkheads were indeed watertight, the walls separating the bulkheads extended only a few feet above the waterline, so water could pour from one compartment into another, especially if the ship began to list or pitch forward. So, yeah, I mean, it's a flipping ice cube tray. <laughs> yeah, I, like, it is so, I mean, I I know that there's, I'm sure, like an engineering reason why they were designed right, this way. Right. Or maybe they didn't think that water would ever get that high. But I'm like, yeah, duh. Duh. Like, it's not watertight if you can sort of spill over into the next compartment. Right. The second problem we've talked about, not enough lifeboats. So, mm. Even if everything had happened, nothing had di- been done differently. The We, you know, hit the iceberg the same way, the watertight bulkhead problems, all of that. If we had had enough lifeboats, yes, we would have lost the ship, probably a f- a f- some people, but not in the numbers that we right. did. Although, who knows? Because the ship sank in an hour and a half and they could barely get their shit together to get the lifeboats off that were on there. So It's true. So, not enough lifeboats. This was the second critical safety lapse that contributed to the loss of so many lives. A mere 16 boats plus four Angleheart collapsibles could accommodate just 1,178 people. 
Titanic could carry up to 2,435 passengers, and a crew of approximately 900 brought her capacity to more than 3,300 people. As a result, even if the lifeboats were loaded to capacity during an emergency evacuation, there were available seats for only one-third of those on board. While unthinkably inadequate by today's standards, Titanic's supply of lifeboats actually exceeded the British Board of Trade's requirements, which is astounding. They're yeah, like, they you, can sink. On, you can full-on set sail. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Take all these souls with you. Yeah. And if disaster strikes, just dump them in the water. It's fine. Yeah. Just change the game. Change the Just change the game. Thank God. All right. Let's talk about the hearings, mm-hmm. the thing that we don't see in the movie, but were very real because obviously somebody had to be held accountable for oh this. Oh, God. Because once again, 99% of mm-hmm. this is human error. Yeah. I mean, not thank God, but like, it's probably... I mean, who knows? It could be a blessing that the people who were mainly responsible for this perished. Perished. Except for Ismay. He well, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah. You will go down with your ship. That's yeah. like the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's, the That's whole why thing. you get the big bucks. Mm-hmm. And especially in the case of like this captain, the Titanic's captain, it's yeah. like, yeah, my guy, this was your call. This was your call. You did this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're sure, I'm sure you were pressured and like, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But like, this was your call. You got to take accountability for that. And he did. He did. Yeah. And that he died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Titanic hearings were conducted by a special subcommittee of the Senate Commerce Committee and chaired by Senator William A. Smith. These hearings began on April 19th. 1912 at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. Man, they got right to work. They did get right. I mean, like, damn. So, like, four days later, they're like, meet me at the Waldorf Astoria. Right, right, right. Like, I'm, I'm like, are these people, did they even dock the Carpathia? Like, has it made it across yet? Like, when did the Carpathia know. dock? I don't know. But I guess, like, people were so devastated yeah. and shocked that they're yeah. like, okay, we really we gotta need to make it seem like we're doing something right away. Yeah. The next week, the hearings were moved to the new caucus room of the Russell Senate office building in Washington, D.C., and they were the first hearings to be held in that room. That's a fun fact. Yeah. A total of 82 witnesses testified about ice warnings that were ignored, the inadequate number of lifeboats, the ship's speed, the failure of nearby ships to respond to the Titanic's distress calls, and the treatment of passengers of different classes. The hearings concluded on May 28, 1912, when Senator Smith visited the Titanic's sister ship, Olympic, at port in New York to interview some of its crew. When the Titanic sank, the Olympic was about 500 miles away. So let's talk about the final resting place of the RMS Titanic. Let's. Because I forgot that we didn't always know where she was. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was like, didn't we? I mean, the Carpathia was there. Like, seemingly she was in that vicinity. Did we not have our coordinates? They knew the general area, but I also think that she, like, skidded along the floor. Mm. But also we couldn't get that deep for a long time. We didn't have the technology to get deep enough to get to her. I think that was probably the biggest held up. But yeah, it was like. I think people were like, okay, in within 50 square miles of here, right, right. she's probably somewhere. But we don't know what direction and we can't really get, get that far there. down. Right, right. 
The wreck of the Titanic was discovered on September 1st, 1985 by a joint American-French expedition led by Dr. Robert Ballard of the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution and Jean-Louis Michel of the French Research Institute for Exploration of the Sea. The wreck was found approximately 350 nautical miles off the Canadian coast of Newfoundland in international waters two and a half miles below the ocean surface, which is a depth of approximately 12,500 12, feet. Shortly after the discovery, Dr. Ballard testified before the United States Congress to encourage the enactment of legislation to designate the wreck as a maritime memorial. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Protect it. Protect it. In July 1986, a plaque was placed on RMS Titanic recording its discovery the previous year and calling for the wreck to be left undisturbed in memory of those who perished aboard her. Its famous story of disaster and human trauma has been and continues to be recounted in numerous books, articles, and movies. Titanic has been recognized by the United States Congress for its national and international significance and in many ways has become a cultural icon. The disaster has also resulted in a number of memorials around the world. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, everybody's fascinated with the Titanic. Yeah. You know? I know we are. Obviously. 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 But here, here's to the those we lost. Mm-hmm. On the RMS Titanic, and here's to safety procedures on all, any transportation vessels moving forward. Yes. Enough, enough. Always check your exits. Check your exits. Follow the safety guidelines. Enough safety devices. No hubris. And, and I think the best advice I can give anybody, don't go on a maiden voyage go on the second one mm-hmm. third one five years in just just to remove that element of it yeah you know because that's that's not it's that's not foolproof obviously lusitania was well into her uh lifetime when she sank right granted not by human error per se but you can at least just take take that element out of it don't go on a maiden voyage you know let the reviews come in and then go. And then go. And then go. Yeah. 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 You don't need to be the first. Right. You're totally fine. Right. You're totally fine. Things are bumpy on a first preview. Let it settle in. Let it settle Let in. Let it settle in. Give it a week. Oh, my God. And then enjoy the show. And then enjoy the show. But you guys, that is our episode on the sinking of the Titanic. Wow. Wow. Thank you for joining us. We have been so excited to do this episode, so we hope that you loved it. But in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.